are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. This is Beth. Um, You know, today we're going to do something a little different. We really wanted to run an encore episode from a past season. And this episode is with Dick Hoyt. Um, Gosh, I remember years ago, my friend Chris stepped in and helped me out with this episode because he was such a fan of Hoyt running. And if you've been a regular listener, then you may remember when we interviewed Dick Hoyt. So just a little background for our listeners. Um, Rick and Dick Hoyt began their extraordinary father-son racing team in the 80s when Dick's son, Rick, who was born with a severe form of cerebral palsy and unable to move his arms, his legs, and couldn't speak. But he could communicate with the aid of a computer. And he asked his dad to participate in a five-mile run benefiting a classmate who had just been paralyzed in an accident. So being the dad that Dick is, he agreed to race with the son, having no hint of the thousands of miles they would cover together. He had no inkling of the worldwide attention um, they would gather along the way. After that maiden race, Rick wrote to his father on his computer that when they were running, it felt as though his disability disappeared. So their journey begins. And over the next 40 years, Rick and Dick Hoyt would compete in more than a thousand races around the world, including 72 marathons. And get this, 257 triathlons. I just can't believe that. You know, they became celebrities in the sports world and they received the Jimmy B Perseverance Award at the SB ESPN Awards. This award is named for Jimmy Balano and is given to someone in the sporting world who has overcome great obstacles through perseverance and determination. I heard about Dick's passing in 2021, and I saw the I Can Only Imagine video this past weekend, and it really made me think a lot about Dick and my dad, and there are so many similarities between the two of them. And truth be told, I haven't relied on a single person in my life more than my dad. I mean, to help, to guide, and to tell me the painful and usually colorful truth He has never let me down, not one single time. I mean, my dad has managed decades of stress, raising a daughter, responsibility, and a life in the role of a dad. And I guess, again, it goes without saying that I am a daddy's girl. And I remember as a kid, I would stand anxiously by the window waiting for him to come home from work. And I'd sit next to him when he was napping just to be the first person to get his attention when he woke up. And I did well in school. I mean, he was an educator. I stayed out of trouble and made good choices with the simple mantra. I'd hate to disappoint my dad. You know, I mean, in short, I idolized him and, you know, I guess I'm getting pretty introspective here about my dad right now, but, um, without further ado, it's time to honor Dick Hoyt. We are so blessed to rerun this episode in Dick's memory. We're joined today by a very special guest, Dick Hoyt. 
For more than 30 years, Dick and his son Rick have inspired millions by competing as a team in more than a thousand races, including numerous marathons and several Ironman triathlons. Rick was born in 1962 to Dick and Judy Hoyt, and at the time of birth was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Dick and Judy were advised to institutionalize Rick because there was no chance of him recovering and little hope for Rick to live a normal life. This was just the beginning of Dick and Judy's quest for Rick's inclusion in community, sports, education, and one day the workplace. As a result, their son Rick has broken down barriers to inclusion for persons with disabilities throughout the world. Dick, we are honored to have you as a guest today. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be on your show. You know, today's show is all about digging deep into yourself, you know, and not only about living a healthy lifestyle and motivation, but family love. And I'm personally just so excited to have you on as our guest to talk about this topic. And I seriously have chills right now. And I want you to know, I saw a Team Hoyt video about seven or eight years ago, and I was an instant fan. All I remember is seeing this man, seeing this amazing, incredibly motivating dad swimming with a makeshift raft, pulling his son, biking with a special bicycle with his son, and running while pushing his son. And the video was this montage of athletic events like marathons and triathlons, and it was, um, it was just incredible. So again, I want you and our audience to know that you have not only motivated me with my health, and I'm an exercise physiologist, but also challenged me to be kind of a softer yet fiercer type of person as well. So I am honored as well to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, so Dick, uh, I'm reminded of the quote, a journey um, of a thousand miles truly begins with the first step. And it, it really wasn't until uh, Rick's teenage years that you all took up the first step of running marathons. Um, but I'd like to go back a little bit further than that. We have a lot of listeners who have children who have been diagnosed with some form of disability. Tell us how you learned of Rick's diagnosis and the first steps you and your wife took um, and have led to this inspiring journey. Oh, when Rick, when Rick was being born, he turned himself over and the biblical cord twisted around his, his neck and he's in such a position. It took a matter of minutes before the doctors could get at it and untangle it. Well, that caused a lack of oxygen to Rick's brain, which caused brain damage, which is cerebral palsy. At the time, we knew there was something wrong with Rick, but we did not know exactly what. So the doctors made an appointment for us to see a specialist when Rick was eight months old. We took Rick to the specialist, and they did all kinds of tests. And the tests come back, and they were very negative. They said, forget Rick. Put him away. Put him in an institution. He's going to be nothing but a vegetable for the rest of his life. And we said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to bring Rick home and bring him up like any other child. And this is what we have done. Mm, That's incredible. And, you know, just reading through your website and uh, other information, you all made that decision. You all were young parents. I think I read 20 and 19 years old. Is that correct? Yes. My wife uh, was 19 years old and I was 20 years old. Well, that's unbelievable. It's, uh, you know, really two kids having to make huge decisions. My parents were 17 and my dad was 19 when they had me. Um, uh, but I can't imagine uh, having to make those sorts of decisions at, at such a young age. And 
um, with your newborn son. So yeah. uh, really amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. You know, Chris and I were both collegiate athletes, so we know the energy and the time and dedication it, it takes. You know, sports was such an instrument part of your family's life. In fact, I read that after receiving his first interactive computer, Rick's first words weren't mom or dada, but they were go Bruins. So even before the marathons, how did you use sports and activities to help mold Rick into the man he is today? Well, Rick, yeah, Rick loves the Bruins. And it, it, it was just amazing because, you know, we tried to get Rick in public school and they said, no, he doesn't understand. He won't be able to learn. So we went and met some engineers from Tufts University in Boston, and we talked to them, and they said the same thing, that he wouldn't be able to learn. So we told the engineers to tell Rick a joke. They told Rick a joke, and Rick cracked up laughing. Aww. There is something there. So they said, if you get us $5,000, we'll build a communicating device for Rick. Now, you've got to remember, this was 45 years ago, and $5,000 was, was a lot of money. But the late family raised the $5,000. We gave it to the engineers, and they built what was called the TIC, the Tufts Interactive Communicator. The engineers were coming to our house, and everybody's betting one of the first words Rick is ever going to say. Well, naturally, his mom says, be hi, mom, and me, the dad, is going to buy hi, hi, dad. Well, the Boston Bruins were going for the Stanley Cup, and the very first words he ever said was, go Bruins. So we I knew love right that. There that he loved sports. Yeah. So we took Rick with his tick to the school department. The principal of the school took him in a room with some teachers, and they left us outside because before they were saying that we were answering for him. They asked him questions. He answered them correctly. They had to accept him in public school. And then after that, the federal government came out with a grant to get these ticks to go into other schools. Unbelievable story. And, yeah, Chris, uh, I want to ask you, what would your first words be? Would it be like, go... Longhorns? Maybe go Longhorns. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Mine would have been go Boilermakers. Producing. <laughs> well, it certainly shows that, and I bet this stands true, that uh, uh, Rick has uh, quite the personality. And um, so uh, just about home life, uh, Rick has, I believe he has two brothers. And uh, were you guys always pretty loose around the house? Did you cut up and make fun of each other and, you know, the sort of things that families do? Yeah. Well, you know, um, the doctor said that, you know, that we should go on and have other children, you know, it'd be uh, in the millions before something like this would happen again. So we did. And Rob, the middle child, was born. And then Russell came along like five years later. And they were all so awesome. It was a little bit difficult for Rob at first. Because we used to take everything and do everything with Rick. Like if you're going to go down to the store and get a gallon of milk or the newspaper, I used to make it so I could take Rick with me. And then when Rob started the door, and it was a little bit difficult for Rob at first because he said, Dad, you would spend more time with Rick than you do with me, you know? Uh-huh. But yeah. then again, when Russell was born, the third one, it was a lot easier because Rob had Russell. But right. it, it's just right. amazing the way the two of them treated Rick. I mean, they go outdoors and take him with it, and they'll make tree huts and stuff, and they take Rick up there. You know, we'd go to the beach, they'd bury him in sand. We'd play baseball with them. We'd play hockey with them. And I guess what I'm trying to say is every time we did something, we found a way to do it with Rick so the whole family could be together at all times. <laughs> 
That's great. I, I even I read a story online about uh, Rick being the goalie in hockey games. And, yes. Uh, and yeah, he loved to be goalie because we'd take a sheet of plywood and put it in front of the net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is great. That's great. So that's awesome that he has uh, had that relationship with his brothers. How, how old were Rob and Russell? How far apart were they? They, they were about five years apart. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's that's great to have a couple of brothers uh, on your side there for sure. Yeah. So you, you sort of you hit on this and uh, talking about the, the challenges of the integration into public school and um, you know some of the things that you all went to through and I know that uh, you and your wife were huge advocates uh, for uh, getting uh, Rick into school. Tell me some of the challenges about that and, and with that, and what do you have for other families that may be experiencing some of those challenges? Yeah, well, it, it was very difficult because our, our goal was to get Rick into the regular public school with everybody else, and they were saying no. They, they wanted to get Rick in a special class with all people that had all different types of disabilities and stuff like that, you know. So, and actually, Rick first started school, it was in a church. You know, he used to go to church, mm -hmm. and that's how he got started in being, into being educated. And then we did take him to a couple of these places, but we really didn't like it. So that's when we fought to get Rick into public school with everybody else. Yeah. And it was, it, it was uh, you know, as far as talking and having the computer, and it, it was amazing because Russell was only eight years old and Rick was 12 years old when he was going, going to school. And they had a hard time with his computer at first. So what they did, they sat down and came up with a spelling system. They used the alphabet, A-E-I-O-N-U, and they taught Rick the alphabet. So if it was A, he, they, he would shake his head when they said A, or if it wasn't, he'd shake mm. his head no. And that's how they started communicating, and Rick was able to do his homework and papers until he actually got a real good computer that he was able to use. But still, it's still faster to use the alphabet to communicate with Rick. And that's incredible. Technology is an amazing thing. It sure well, is. I, just to see an eight-year-old and twelve-year-old with the ones that came up with that spelling method. That and that itself. Oh my! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, we're interviewing our guest today, uh, uh, Dick Hoyt. Uh, just so happy to have him on the show. And, and really, please take time uh, to visit his website, uh, the Team Hoyt website at www.teamhoyt.com. That's www.teamhoyt.com. So, Rick, um, in 1977, you and Rick, or I guess Rick came to you and said he wanted to participate in a five-mile benefit run for a lacrosse player who had been uh, paralyzed in an accident. You agreed to push him in the wheelchair, and you guys uh, formed a, a brand-new father-son relationship uh, that's last for, last for a long time. So tell us about that first race and um, the many other races to follow. Yeah. 
Well, Rick, Rick was attending a South Miller school out in Westfield, Massachusetts, and his gym teacher got him involved in all the gym activities with all the other children. And he was also the basketball coach at Westfield State College, so he used to take Rick to the basketball games. Well, at one of the basketball games, they made an announcement that one of the lacrosse players was in an accident. He was paralyzed from the waist down, so they're going to have this charity road race to try to help him raise some money for his medical bills. When Rick came home from that game, he told me all about it. And he said, Dad, I have to do something for him. I want to let him know that life goes on, even though he's paralyzed. I want to run in the race. Well, at the time, I was not a runner. And that's all we had was this Mulholland wheelchair, which we had a hard time pushing him in it, never mind running in it. Mm-hmm. But we went down to the race. It was a five-mile race. They gave Rick and I the number double zero. And the gun went off, and Rick and I took off with, with all the other runners. Well, everybody thought that we would go to the corner and turn around and come back. Well, we didn't. We finished the whole five miles coming in next to last, but not last. That's one thing we never <laughs> the last in all of the in any races. <laughs> but when we get home that night, Rick wrote on his computer, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like my disability disappears which was a very powerful message to me. If you think about it, somebody's got cerebral palsy, he can't talk, he can't use his arms and his legs, and now they're out there running and his disability disappears. He called himself Freebird because now he was free and able to be out there competing and running with everybody else. But there was only one problem after that race. I was disabled. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you had to so many muscles in your body that could ache. I could hardly walk for two weeks. So I, told, I told Rick, if we're going to continue running, we're going to have to get a chair built so I wouldn't be hurting as badly. Oh, bless your heart. Wow. Absolutely. And that, I, that's, uh, and so uh, a little over 1,100 races uh, since. Is that correct? Well, it's a little over 1,200. A little over twelve hundred now. Okay. A little over twelve hundred. <laughs> well, and and are you still? I'm sure you're still sore after each race. Is that? Um, I can imagine. Well, to be honest with you, I, I was never sore after any of them until, uh, you know, I, I just come up with this back problem. And uh, but I've had the operation now, and I'm going to get some X-rays done, and hopefully he's going to give me okay to, to go over and start running again and doing triathlons again. Uh, well, we definitely will keep in touch and, and cheer you on for that. And if you're ever in the Texas area, let us know. But, um, Dick, is there one race that stands out as being particularly more special or more memorable to you and Rick? Yes, I, I believe the World's Championship Ironman Triathlon out in Kona, Hawaii. Because right now, Rick and I are the only ones in the world to be able to compete and complete that, you know, you know, and we're the only ones in the world that have been able to do it. And uh, it's it, it just it, it's just our favorite race because what happened was they inducted Rick and I into the Hall of Fame out there also. Mm-hmm. And they got videos out that people have all over the world. And if people uh, can find this video, it's called I Can Only Imagine. And they can see us doing this Ironman triathlon. It's, it's just amazing. And Rick and I have also done Ironman Canada, Ironman Germany, and we've done uh, triathlons over in Japan. And so we've traveled the country. But I would say the World's Championship Ironman Triathlon out Kona, Hawaii, which consists of 2.4 miles of swimming, 
112 miles of biking and then the marathon 26.2 miles. And during the bike, Rick sits in front of the handlebars on the front tire. Absolutely unbelievable. I know. In that video you were speaking about, that's the video that I saw that not only moved me to tears, but honestly, I, I, I've been a fan ever since, like I said in the beginning. So I'm just, I don't know. Now, how about the many awards and recognitions that Team Hoyt has received? Are a few of those that stand out as well? Yes, we, we've won a lot of awards. And the, the, one of the, I guess the biggest one would be the SB Award, mm-hmm. you know. It's mm-hmm. uh, just so unbelievable. It's it's the biggest sports award going. Yeah, I. You know, in the Boston Marathon, when when we first applied, they didn't want to do anything with us, and they 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 said that we, I had to qualify in Rich Rick's age group, so that meant we had to run under two hours and fifty minutes to do the Boston Marathon. So we went down to the Marine Corps Marathon, and we did. We ran a two. Uh, 2.45 and, and 20 seconds, and it qualified both Rick and I for the Boston Marathon, and was an official entrance ever since. As a matter of fact, 1996, the 100th running of the Boston Marathon, Rick and I were, were heroes, and we actually made, raised money for Easter Seals, which Rick was involved in, when it was very much better, and, and we were able to raise, we've been able to raise over a million dollars donated to Easter Seals. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And I have that's to tell you, my best time in a half marathon is actually more than your time in a marathon. So kudos to you. That's that's amazing. That is amazing. Well, our, our best time was the Marine Corps Marathon. We ran that in two hours and 40 minutes and 24 seconds. And we've been inducted into the Marine Corps Marathon Hall of Fame also. And oh. at that time, that was only one and a half hour off the world's record. Wow. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't even, I, I don't think I run a 10 minute mile. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that is unbelievable. So, um, lots of, you know, the, the marathons, uh, getting to school, but, uh, you know, one of the things that really stands out to me most is, uh, Rick, not only, getting into school, but graduating high school, and then moving on to graduating, graduating college from Boston University. Um, just absolutely unbelievable. What, what does that mean to Rick? And what does that mean to you and your family? Well, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Because the day that I took Rick down to Boston University, because we live two hours away, one way, that was the toughest day of my life because we were dropping Rick off at Boston University with people we hardly knew as personal care attendants to take care of him. But he did it, it took nine years, but he was able to do it. And he's, he, would, he got the Distinguished Graduate Award from Boston University also. And he ended up living in Boston for a couple of years after he graduated from BU. Mm. And, and uh, so graduated and now is, uh, is a consultant on the Eagle Eye program at Boston College? Well, what happened was when he graduated um, from BU, he, he went to the computer system for Boston College and he worked with them and he helped them design a new computer system called Eagle Eyes. 
And now I understand that BU is, is selling these computers all over the world. Wow. And what was his part in, was his part in helping design the, the alphabet and coding patterns and? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just went over there and he spent the day with there and I never even got to see him in, in one of the classes, to be honest with you, but it was just <laughs> unbelievable for him to, to be able to help them out, you know, to produce a, a, a new computer system that's helping people out throughout the world. Um, I, I bet it's much different than the very first computer system that he used um, originally. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I bet it. Yeah. Just changes. It, ch it changed his life uh, many years ago, and I'm sure the systems today are, are you know, the technology is certainly changing uh, people's right. lives with disabilities. Well. Tina, I was reading on your website, you know, just all the amazing things that you do and being a motivational speaker. And can you tell us about the Hoyt Foundation and how can our listeners um, contribute to the Hoyt Foundation? Uh, the, the Hoyt Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was formed in 1989. The Hoyt Foundation aspires to build the individual character, self-confidence, and self-esteem of Americans disabled young people through inclusion in all facets of life, daily life, including in-family, community activities, activities, especially sports, at home, in schools, and in the workplace. Each year, the team Hoyt's primary spokespeople, world-renowned athletes Rick and Dick Hoyt, show that the world how to do this by speaking before community and, and professional groups and by direct participation in many road races, triathlons, and other endurance events. The foundation also provides advice and support to groups and individuals who share this mission. And I'd, I'd like to, if you don't mind, but to let you know that we have Team Hoyts now throughout the United States. We have Team Hoyt in, in Las Vegas, in Arizona, in Texas, in uh, in yeah in Canada we got them and in Massachusetts all over and in Virginia Beach and Coeur d'Alene and we got three or four more that will be joining us and it's just amazing what's going on because all of these team whites across they go out and raise money and then what they do is they build chairs racing chairs we get the racing chairs built and then we buy trailers and put them in trailers and then we take them to all local races. And families can come and push their own children, or we provide pushes for them. It's just amazing how this is growing, and I feel it's going to be going overseas very shortly. Oh, yeah. that is super cool. That's great. So, how if people want to get involved in that, uh, how would they go about doing it? Well, the best thing is to get, get a whole whole of us. You know, uh, go go to our website and and just send the information. And then, uh, then we'll take it from there, and, and contact people in the other states, and and then they'll get back to them. Well, let me let me say your website one more time so our listeners have it. It's www.teamhoyt.com, and that's spelled T-E-A-M-H-O-Y-T.com. Right. 
Yeah. So I want to know, because again, I just, your story is just so motivational and it makes actually after this interview, I want to go for a run right now. Trust me. I want to, after talking to you, but well, I, I, I was there to go with you. I, I am serious. If you're ever in Texas, let me know. I will hunt you down. I will find you. But, um, so I want to know what's next, you know, what's in the future for team white? What do you, what are you guys, what are, what are you planning? Well, right now, because of my back, unfortunately, I am not competing uh, with Rick. And But we have this uh, – I'm 77 now, you know, and uh, I feel just as strong as I did when I was 57. But i got to get this back taken care of, and I'll be back. But right now, uh, we got a local dentist, and he's only 44, and he's been pushing Rick into Boston Marathon and doing triathlons with him. But I'm just hoping so that I can get back in and, and do some races. As a matter of fact, Rick lives in the town of Sturbridge, and they're going to have a half marathon, and it's going to be named Rick Hoyt. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah. so he's, it's just him. It's not Dick Hoyt and Rick Hoyt, uh, Team Hoyt. It's Rick Hoyt. It, that's, so, that's so awesome. Well, bless his heart. Now, when is that marathon? It's the 9th of September. Okay. okay. No, it's only a half marathon. A half marathon. Hey, Chris, yeah. we might have to be going up to Massachusetts. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, we put you up. We live right on a lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. I'm putting that piece of information in my pocket, and I will remember. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. So, Dick, what, what parting words would you like to share with our listeners and um, – how, how can they continue following Team Hoyt? Uh, I think the website's one of them, but, um, you know, parting words and any, any, anything you'd like to share with our guests that we have not gone through that you would like to uh, say. Well, well, our message is, yes, you can. There isn't anything you can't do until you make up your mind to do it, and there's no such word as no in the Hoyt vocabulary. Mm, I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it too. Well, Dick, it's been an absolute pr pleasure to have you as a guest uh, on our show and we can't wait to continue following team Hoyt. Uh, and we can't wait to continue uh, seeing how you, uh, you and Rick inspire people all over the world. And just from the bottom of our hearts, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dick. Like I said, I will definitely keep in touch and um, hopefully I'll see you at that half marathon in September, if not before. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It was nice talking to you and good luck to both of you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope everyone enjoyed that amazing conversation that we had with Dick. And I only had the opportunity to speak with Dick a few times. And I mean, he truly was a self-made man. He was a man of street smarts, um, calculated risks, and a strong belief in hard work. I also remember him having some of the best one-liners and a colorful word choices you'll ever hear. I mean, he truly understood long hours, sacrifices, discipline, and doing the right thing for those you love. And Scott and I will see you next time around. And until then, have a healthy day.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.